The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning, and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is July 22nd already, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, president for VeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. How are you doing this morning? How was your drive? Good morning, Gary. Uh, My drive was very swift. Read between (laughs) the lines on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Just in time. We also have Staff Sergeant Charles Eggleston, U.S. Army. He served multiple tours of duty in Iraq, and he is a Purple Heart and Bronze Star recipient. Staff Sergeant Eggleston also served as Maryland State Commander for the Military Order of the Purple Heart, and he mentors and helps other wounded warriors with TBI and PTSD rehabilitation through the game of golf with the SMGA. We also have Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, and former Commander for the Maryland DAV. How are you this morning, sir? Just fine, and I hope everyone else is doing great. Yes, I think so. I hope so. Today's show is a very important call to action. We need everyone's support. The Department of Veterans Affairs has begun ousting dozens of our veterans from special therapeutic group homes, setting off a scramble for housing and care. Our guest today will inform you in more detail on what's going on. Bill, why don't you introduce our guest? Certainly. Our guest today is Hannah Fairman. She's a health policy analyst. Her job is to analyze and research various issues impacting wounded wounded service members and veterans of recent conflicts, including Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, and Operation New Dawn. Collaborate with partners on Capitol Hill, the executive branch, federal agencies, other nonprofit organizations, and interested parties to advance policy goals. Special focus on developing policy positions on health issues, including post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, and identifying gaps and barriers to effective mental health care 
for veterans and their families. Good morning, Hannah, and welcome to our show. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me on. Good morning, Hannah. All right. Hi, right. Hannah. <laughs> well, Hannah, why don't we start off with uh, what, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really important and pressing issue, and um, I'm so glad to be here um, because we're getting getting really to the end of um, end of our time um, to get to get this program um, extended in some way. So, just to give you a little background. Um, as you guys well know, and I'm sure your listeners know, um, traumatic brain injury is one of the signature wounds of um, of the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, and certainly, you know, affected um, previous generations as well. Um, there are, you know, something like 300,000 people just post 9-11 who've been diagnosed with traumatic brain injury. Um, and of those, there are about 34,000 that um, have suffered a moderate to severe um, traumatic brain injury or a penetrating brain injury. Um, and as, as you guys, I'm sure, are familiar, those injuries are associated with... Um, uh, a range of long-term issues and can be a really long recovery process um, and are sometimes sustained along with other injuries. So uh, polytraumatic injury is what you'd call it. It may be, you know, they may have also suffered an amputation um, or a burn or other issues. So so really over the long-term um, these these veterans will face you know physical challenges, um, cognitive challenges, um, and and emotional challenges as they go through their rehabilitation. And for a lot of them, you know, it's it's a lifetime of rehabilitation. It's um, they go through the acute phase of recovery, um, perhaps um, you know being taken out of a coma. And one of the things that um, I think has been, you know, nothing, nothing short of a, a miracle is what we've been able to do in the acute care phase um, for this population. So really saving lives off of the battlefield um, and, and helping people survive um, and, and potentially, you know, come out of a coma, potentially, you know, kind of start over from square one where they weren't, where they lost the use of, um, of, of their body, they lost their ability to um, speak or communicate, and, so, and there have been so many great medical gains in that area where people have been um, able to learn to walk and talk again and, um, and those kinds of things. But where we're really seeing challenges, we're really seeing gaps in care are um, over the long-term rehabilitation. And so this program... Uh, it was an assisted living pilot program that started about five years ago. Um, Congress saw the need for providing this kind of care, residential care, that would give um, long-term ongoing rehabilitation around um, like speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, a range of supports to help people in their long-term rehabilitation to deal with those lasting consequences of traumatic brain injury. Um, the program was set up as a pilot, so it had a sunset date um, of, of five years later. And um, so now 
um, they're saying that September 15th is a discharge date since the authority to extend, to continue the pilot has not been extended um, by Congress. And so um, dozens of veterans around the country have gotten notice that they will have to um, find a new place to live um, as of September 15th. Um, and they will not be able to live in the same kind of environment where they're getting these kinds of rehabilitative supports. They would have to go to a place like a nursing home or a group home that doesn't have um, all these different therapies included. It would just be a place to stay. Um, and unfortunately, what we see in those circumstances when someone um, doesn't have ongoing therapy they can lose some of the gains that they've already made. Um, they can regress. They can, um, and, and ultimately they can get um, incredibly discouraged and um, it can make it that much more difficult to um, really continue in their recovery. And not just for the warrior, but for the family that, that um, you know, has to, has to deal with that too, of not, of not, um, being able to continue the work that they had been doing over possibly years to get that warrior better. You know, Hannah, I have a question for you since I work with families so much. Sure. I think one of the things that people are recognizing is that people need this kind of comprehensive cognitive care in order to improve, and it's also helping to keep our families together because a caregiver on their own is really not equipped with the cases that you're talking about to manage all of the needs of that warrior or veteran. So this is a, a, a trauma that is you know, being um, perpetrated at the moment while we wait for Congress to vote on this. And so that is our call to action today, correct? Correct. And Linda, that is such a great point. Um, you know, we, we at Wonder Warrior Project work with these families day to day. I just spent uh, um, this past weekend in Utah at a caregiver retreat. And so some of these families are, you know, experiencing this uncertainty right now. And um, it's so incredibly difficult. And I think they've been put in such a, a bad situation, um, not knowing what's going to happen to their warrior and not knowing what kind of stress that might place on them and whether they'll be able to do that or not. You know, these, these families, they have, they have jobs, they have other responsibilities. They're not equipped in their homes to provide the care um, that's needed for um, the warriors that are in this program. And um, just, the, just the uncertainty, the anxiety, um, the real distress um, that, that comes through in talking with these families is really... Um, you know, really moving, and I and I and I hope that we are able to do something about it before time runs out. I just want to, uh, I just want to comment on, uh, I guess the the retrospect you just put out. Uh, unfortunately, I'm on the other end of the stick. I'm the wounded warrior that suffered from the TBI and the other injuries from battle battle wounds um, from war. And going through the research programs, I'm a part of actively with the with Walter Reed and the NIH. You know, from what they are telling me, and like I say, and, and I work with the legislation as well. Like when I was telling you before with Johnny Atkins and and um, Bernie Bernie Sanders. 
um, you know, all that, all that good stuff, it sounds good for a second, but at some point, Congress is going to have to make this a mandatory thing for all the, all the effective bodies. Because with the research now, it's almost like you got to look for that day. It's almost like a time bomb when it comes to traumatic brain injury and injuries of the, of the head or brain. Because at some point, and I hope on the other end of this, it's a great percentage that are at some point you have a turning point that's down. I know how it used to be when I couldn't even function at first or second grade level. And it was a lot of hard work. And we really couldn't really walk too, too well. And for, what, three, about five years I had to walk with a cane. And I'm glad to be off the cane. But at the same time, it's all about when they do stuff like this, put a, a sunset date. And I spoke about this a couple, a couple of months ago, when they put sunset dates on laws that's, that's affecting our general public, such as our veterans with TBI and injuries from, from war, they basically handicap the whole system because it costs more to undo this program and put you in other programs, such as a hospice or a nursing home, than it would just to keep you in the actual program itself. What do you think about that, Hannah? Can we continue this back? We've got a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll go right to Hannah. Oh, sure. Okay. Oh, good deal. Uh, again, um, today is brought to you, today's show is brought to you actually by First Class Merchant Services. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Charles, Bill, and Hannah. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. 
You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Hannah. Uh, she's a policy analyst for our veterans, and and uh, she was just getting ready to, <laughs> to answer uh, Charles' question, and, and uh, we had to go on break. So go ahead, Hannah. Hey, Hannah, let, let me cut in for one second before you, you uh, answer that last question. I want to add one more piece, since you're the matter of fact expert when it comes to that legislation piece. Uh, I guess most of the general public doesn't understand the, the grave effect of a program like this when they put a sunset date on it and they cut it. No one knows when, when, they, when they cut it. Congress knows. But the senators really don't know until one day you check in and they say, hey, we no longer have this service. That's the worst thing in the world. Suicide is the kissing cousin to TBI. And I'm looking at that as we speak. I've lost a couple of guys this month uh, with traumatic brain injury, and they are in the program. Just imagine what's going to happen when they decide they want to try to cut this program. Uh, it's just, to me, unlawful to do anything of such. You know, you you have plenty of programs that not a, that not as effective as this program, uh, especially out of the, the polytrauma out of Richmond, because that's the polytrauma I have to go down to sometimes for some of my treatment and some of my intake and the Walter Reed Center here in the NIH. What's your spill on that, Hannah? Charles, I think you're making a really good point, and I think there are a couple a couple of related issues to what you're bringing up. And, um, you know, one is really highlighting, you know, how, how difficult this has been for families who've spent, you know, a year perhaps watching their warrior improve in ways that they never really thought would have been, um, would have been possible. So like for one, um, one warrior that I know and that we work with, um, she, uh, experienced her injury in 2006, I think, and had been in a wheelchair um, since then. And just in the past year, being in this pilot program, she has been able to walk again. She is. Um, she has made great improvements in speech and in anger management and in regulating some of her emotions. Um, and it's really been, um, you know, 
incredibly significant for her family who's been able to to see this progress in a relatively short period of time since she's been injured for, you know, over eight years. Um, and now, you know, for months now that they've, that they have had this uncertainty of what might happen with her care and where she might be able to go, that it's put them in a really difficult situation where they have to perhaps put her into a nursing home, but there aren't any beds nearby, so they might even have to pull her out of the the program um, early just to get her into another environment. And so I'm sure, you know, as as the general public could relate to, if you just imagining having um, someone that you're providing care for and not having um, an idea of what's going to happen to them next month and where they're going to have to go and just all of the logistics and the worry and concern about having the supports taken away from them um, that they had before. And, and not only that, but, you know, she's made these real, real strides in the program and she's also been able to interact with other people who are in her in a similar type situation. One of the things about the program is that it really focuses on um, community integration and um, helping people, you know, relearn how to work, how to how to live, how to socialize in the community, and that can be incredibly powerful. When um, one of the things that can be most damaging, you know, and and real really um, result in despair and um, and um, and um, emotional challenges is feeling isolated. And so, for a lot of these people, if they go to a nursing home where they're not getting these same kinds of services, they're with people who are much, you know, perhaps much older than them, or not in a similar situation, or if they're made to go home where they don't have these kinds of um, of services that isolation can be, you know, very associated with, um, you know, suicide or or self-harm. And so I think at the end of the day, one of the things that you have to think about is VA is still responsible for providing some level of care to this population. These are, you know, 100% service-connected, combat-disabled veterans for the most part. And... Um, they can provide them these kinds of services and these kinds of supports that have real results for people um, and provide effective care, or they can put them in another situation that's frankly ineffective. So, you know, how how do we want our tax, you know, our tax dollars being spent on an effective program or something that we know we know won't have results and we know won't won't help their recovery. Well, you know, Hannah, this brings up an excellent point. Um, we know that there was an article in the Wall Street Journal last week. Um, there have been very high-level people speaking out about this, Cory Booker for one. What can the public do to support this effort to have Congress extend this pilot program? Um, Thank you for that question, Linda. I think we need to let Congress know that this is something that we care about and that they need to act. And if they don't, people will notice and people will hold them accountable. So, I I mean, I would encourage um, you all and your listeners and, you know, anyone that you guys know to, um, to go to our website is the best way. You go to www.woundedwarriorproject.org and there we have a call to action on our front page where you can um, contact 
members of Congress, um, or you can share a Facebook post or um, or tweet on on Twitter just to let people know that this is something that you care about and um, that that we want to raise awareness. Understood. And and also remember, it's election year, so that itself puts a lot of pressure on. Congress to do the right thing. It does, and Charles, I imagine with Purple Heart, you probably have the same thing, and Bill, yes, VAP, and VFW, same thing. So people can reach out in many ways to their own <coughs> congressmen and to the members of the committee, and learn more about this. It's a very yeah. serious problem with a very short fuse. Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's well deserved program that needs to there really needs to be any up, if anything. But it definitely mm-hmm. can't be tossed away like a piece of trash mm-hmm. or a litter that's not that's not doing anything. Uh, like I, like I said before, it's personal to me because I live with that time bomb, as they say. You don't know when you're going to go the other other direction. I feel great now. Been feeling great for a couple of years, but you have when you listen to things like Alzheimer's, you know, Lou Gehrig's, mm-hmm. and all these other diseases or disorders or whatever you want to call them that could have came from TBI or some type of brain injury or just some jolt. And then I look at the NFL, what the NFL is doing. NFL is looking at the sidelines of what we're doing right now as well uh, on the same issue. I still remember um, at the last Heisman Trophy ceremony I was at um, this past December, me and Tony Dorsett was talking. And that was the biggest thing on his head, on his mind. And he was telling me, he, I hope they take care of you guys more than they took care of, taking care of us in the NFL. And I was so surprised to hear Tony Dorsett, my idol as a kid, say that to me. <laughs> you know? So you just think about that. You know, It's a little more serious than folks want to give it. They can look at a person that doesn't have a... Uh, you know, that doesn't have an arm or a leg, you know, some type of amputation, and they can see that injury. The worst injuries you can possibly have is the hidden injuries, and that's the, the family of the TBI and, uh, you know, t- and post-traumatic. Right, You're- right. Well, we're going to go on break right now, take a quick break. And just a reminder, stay informed with the latest updates on the American Heroes Network by texting the word HERO, that's H-E-R-O, to 80464. Once again, text the word HERO to 80464. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Charles, Bill, and our guest, Hannah. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. 
You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. Voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Hannah Fairman. And uh, just before we went on break, Linda was just about ready to ask a question. Go ahead, Linda. Yes, my, my timing was a little off. Let's try it this time. Um, I was thinking about the fact that Congress is not unlike the general public um, and even still some folks in the armed services who don't understand the lifelong nature of the invisible injuries. And especially traumatic brain injury is something that has no timetable. It's different in every single person. It depends on moderate, severe, penetrating uh, the other injuries that are concurrent with it. And to put a five-year sunset shows that there is a lack of awareness in terms of Congress and the general public, I believe, of understanding a lifelong injury. So it is very important that these invisible injuries are not something that you say, well, hey, why haven't I gotten over this by now? It's been five years. It's important that this extension be something that goes on almost indefinitely as progress is made in the research and the treatments and the comprehensive care that is being offered. So, Hannah, how would you address that aspect of it in terms of getting them to understand that it is a longer-term care continuum? Yeah, I think that's part of our, you know, our task as advocates in this space um, to really to really work to educate people on on this issue and um, whether that's the general public or members of Congress, because I think you're really right. This is a lifelong um, issue, and we know that some of the greatest challenges might actually be, you know, 10, 20 years 
post-injury. Um, so it can be really discouraging for people to hear that they only have um, two years of services or five years of services or something like that when um, they can make progress um, many years past past their initial, you know, recovery. And um, I think that's really an important an important point to make because um, there's a warrior that we've worked with that um, was cut off of, of services because they said that he wasn't making um, progress, that he had plateaued, and he puts it, you know, so well. He says, what kind of guy wants to hear that they've plateaued? Um, you know, not him. He he has plans. He has goals. He has um, dreams of the things that he would like to do and he would like to be able to accomplish um, and, and overcome his injury in a lot of ways. And he has the rest of his life ahead of him to do that. So I think I think it's really wrong for us to say that people should only get um, services and rehabilitation for this very small, you know, window, limited window of time. And hope is a powerful healer. You take sure. it away and you put despair in there. And Charles, we were talking about this on break. It right. once again puts people at high risk for suicide. Yeah, and you don't want to take that. You don't want to take the ante off the table. And basically what Congress is not aware of or not paying attention to, they're taking the, the, the ante off the table in a game of what? What's the purpose? You have the budget for it. Let's make it happen. This should be a lifelong deal, and they should expand it out even further. It should even reach back to our other operations, such as Vietnam, because I see a lot of my counterparts, you know, um, that's wounded, Purple recipients as well, that's suffering the same injuries that I'm suffering, and they still suffering today. That's why I look at it from the sidelines and go, wow, this could be me when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old. This is not just a two-year or five-year window, you know. I just wonder who these other analysts on the congressional side are saying, yeah, this it, this will wear off like a toothache. But it, it hasn't worn off yet. <laughs> and the sad thing about it, if they cut this budget, they're going to cut out a lot of lives. That's the sad thing about it. What do you think about that, Bill? Well, absolutely. I, I think that's very important, Charles. And uh, what I would suggest to... Uh, Hannah, because I think this came up a little earlier about uh, getting the word out uh, because of the, uh, the deadline that we're facing or the, uh, the sunset, as you're making reference. We are now in the season of national conventions of the veteran service organizations across the country. Uh, from uh, the VFW, I think, has already had theirs and uh, going up until into September. Uh, if you have not, I would strongly suggest that you make contact with the communication sections of these uh, various uh, veteran service organizations and ask them to make sure that they make a great pitch for getting everybody's attention uh, uh, with this matter of not ending this service to our, our, our wounded warriors. Well, you, Bill, you a really good point. It's about awareness and extending the pilot program, but when does the pilot become a permanent program instead or an expanded program? Well, uh, you know, I, I, it seems to me, I'm, I'm just guessing that maybe 
uh, the, the the VSOs uh, are not uh, uh, have not been involved in this to the extent at least uh, a significant number of them have not been involved, and they should be involved. I mean, you know, each one of these VSOs has a legislative section. Uh, uh, for the most part, based in uh, Washington D.C., and they have access to the, the the Congress, specifically to the Senate and the House uh, committees on Veterans Affairs. And I think that's where it has to be pushed to go from the pilot for this to be a a continuous situation. I, I, Hannah, again, one of the things that concerns me is how is this impacting our uh, servicemen and women who uh, are in the remote and rural areas of the country. The great majority of our most recent serving uh, serving people are coming from the remote and remote uh, rural areas of the country. Health care in general in the rural areas is a major challenge. And what we're about to see potentially that can happen, what kind of impact will this have on those men and women in the rural and remote areas. Uh, well, they're, they're in an even worse, you know, yeah. even worse situation than, um, than because. someone who lives in an, in an area where there would be more resources available. But like you said, we know, um, you know, post 9-11 veterans, a huge chunk of them live in very rural areas that have a lack of, of providers, you know, even primary care providers. Um, but then for some of the specialty care, um, it is really difficult to find, um, that kind of those kind of resources, um, and and not to mention that they might not even be able to, um, they wouldn't have that covered um, through their VA benefits. So that would be something that they'd be paying for out of pocket if they could even find that resource. Well, I'll go back again, to, you know, because we had a recent discussion about this previously with uh, uh, utilizing where it's where it's possible the fee for service. Uh, a component that the VA has and has been slow to using that. I mean, those things that are already there, those mechanisms, even where there's maybe some problems, that needs to come up uh, because there are some services available in the rural areas, but it uh, it doesn't seem to be that the, the VA is moving folks into that particular direction. Right. And some of those services you just can't do home care for. I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring something else on the back end of it because that was a part of the bill I seen um, being introduced. Uh, HR 4276, which is the same thing we talked about right now. Uh, well, it's a version of what we're talking about now. The Veterans Traumatic Brain Injury Care Improvement Act of, mm-hmm. of 2014. That's something we need to monitor, you know, really monitoring right now because, in a, in a sense, they will try to push this over to health and human services, and there's no way, shape or form, could health and human services hold any <laughs> part of a legislation piece like this. This is set in stone with VA system. Why would you push? And this, I just had this conversation in a in another function, uh, how the v, how Congress is pushing certain programs over to other operations rather than keeping it inside the VA system itself. You need to go outside of the VA system to get treated. 
or the fly for the scare. And uh, you can think, you can think Republic, you know, I guess Congressman Cassidy Bill for introducing this, this law and referendum. Uh, but these, these, these guys need to be, I guess, as they say, more educated on what's actually going on. Or maybe one of their kids need to come down. You know, one of their kids have to be have to be a service person for them to understand what's going on and injured with the TBI. If you don't know, you don't know. Like I don't know anything about pregnancy because I'm not a female, but I do know how to care for a person that's pregnant. You know, so it takes looking outside the bubble sometimes. And I think another right. point a point to make is that. You know, in some ways, the American public has really paid attention to, um, you know, scandal that unfolded over the last couple of months about um, veterans not having access to care. And that's um, the conference agreement that's currently um, being worked out um, to, to provide better access to care for veterans. And I think it would be really, really sad if they weren't able to, um, you know, do something about this particular program that is absolutely uh, an access to care issue. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You it's hit it right on the head. Issue. I mean, yeah. Right? It's oh, a yeah. timing issue because they're about to recess. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Real soon. Well, uh, Hannah, again, you know, I've always maintained that probably the greatest void in the veteran community is a lack of information, mainly how to navigate the system. That's very important. We've got to bring more, a step up that information game in, in getting information out to uh, our men and women who have served. I'd, I'd like to offer up a, a, another suggestion to you in terms of you mentioned about gaps in services. You know, in each one of the states across the country, keeping in mind the primary responsibility of taking care of our uh, men and women who serve is the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, but each one of the states have a, a, a department or a directorate of Veterans Affairs. And yeah. there are some of these gaps, you know, it would vary across the spectrum, but the, in the state legislatures, I think that that's a fruitful ground there to begin to make contact with, uh, and maybe on a trial basis, maybe in a certain section of the country that you start with that and work with those uh, departments or directorates and the legislatures in those states to try to help with gaps. Remember, they've, they've, they've got uh, medical and health services in the counties, which is, covers the rural areas, may be able to help and address some of these issues that we're talking about. All right. We're going to take a quick short break again. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7. Just go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. I'm Gary Ray along with Linda, Charles, Bill, and our guest Hannah. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Hannah. She's a health policy analyst for our veterans. And, uh, Linda, you had a question. Well, I think that with such a short fuse on this very, very important legislation that we'd like to focus listeners on a call to action. The bill number is HR 4276, and we really want... Our listeners and family members and, and veterans and service members to reach out to the House and Senate leadership. And I'll turn that over to Hannah because she can be more specific to tell people what to do. But with such a short leash, let's go and let's really make this known. Thanks, Linda. And there are a couple of opportunities, and one is the conference agreement on the Veterans Access to Care package um, that recently passed and is still being worked out. It should, um, whatever agreement they make should probably happen by the end of this month, so the end of July before the August recess. And the people to contact would be the chair and ranking member of the Senate and House Veterans Affairs Committees. And if any um, of you listeners want to know how, how to go about doing that, we have um, information on our website that would uh, walk you through that process or give you, um, give you their contact information so you can um, make, make your, your voice heard on this issue, on this very important issue. Can you name them? 
The no, it's a bunch. It's a bunch. <laughs> no, I just meant the chair and the ranking member of oh, each. Right. Oh, so yeah, so it's um, <laughs> Senator Sanders, Senator Burr, um, and then it's uh, Chairman mm-hmm. Miller and ranking member Michaud on the House side. I think it's important because those are names that they see in the news, but now they hear it on the radio as well. Yeah, and take a take a look at our website. We have it all laid out for you there, and you, it's just a click away that you would be able to um, make that contact at www.woundedwarriorproject.org. And there are also social media um, messages that you can that you can blast out to your right. your own channels. Yeah, understood, and. Um, and also, this is a, a part of the Amendment Act of the National Defense Authorization for fiscal year 2008. So, understand where we're at right now. It's been a minute once, once, one time after. So, I think they're really trying to put this one to a close. And mm-hmm. we can't let this one fall. If we let this one fall, we've got to reorchestrate this whole bill and this whole amendment again. And it's going to it's going to lapse in some time, just like they're cutting everything else. So um, it's a squeaky it's, wheel. So everybody should yeah. reach out to yeah, got to reach out. Uh, Sanders, Burr, Miller, and Michaud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, what do you think about this uh, this this reach out program uh, from from your your in perspective, uh, Bill? Oh, I think it's a it's a must do. I mean, these are the folks. Uh, that's, uh, uh, they've got the responsibility in those, uh, uh, committees in both the House and the Senate side. And, uh, you know, I mean, some of the discussions that I've heard as to why things are not moving within those, uh, uh, uh committees is, is just astounding. And I think, uh, you know, when we're dealing with our, our warriors, we always seem to be able to find the funds to, 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 to send us to war. When the warriors come home and they need things like what we're discussing right now, somehow the money isn't available. We've got to put that stuff uh, aside and address these issues because it's setting a precedence, in my opinion, for those folks, younger folks who are out there who may have uh, visions and expectations and wanting to serve the country. They're going to be concerned about how will I be taken care of when I return home from combat, the battlefield, to home and community. Right. And we do have some allies out there, believe it or not, that's on the actual mm-hmm. uh, Veterans Affairs uh, Committee, uh, such as Jeff Miller, my personal friend, uh, Gus. I always mess his name up, Velosky. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, he's a Florida guy. You know, Rakers. Rakers. I, you know, I, I screw it up. And me and him talk, we play golf and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, I always pick at him because I tell him, I think you, you're Texas. You, you, your, your roots are in Texas, believe it or not. And he just sit back and laugh. He say, well, don't tell him anything. But, we but do I'm helping you out because I'm a Floridian. <laughs> I'm a Floridian also. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, so you know two guys you can beat up, and you can always go to Rockefeller on this. And he's very passionate about this. So that's another person to look at. But, yeah, put the word out. Show the passion. And this is going to save some souls, some lives, and it's a program that's really needed. And when they, they have the funds for it, absolutely. Right. It's not a cost issue. Um, there really aren't, there really isn't any reason not to extend it. And it's, and it's, 
an easy legislative thing to do. It's really just by extending it by three years so these families would have some stability and hopefully the program could be opened up to, to others who really need it. Yeah, or make it a permanent. Just make it a permanent bill. Right. I mean, yeah, move from pilot to permanent. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's stop let's let's stop putting the band aid on the problem. Let's make it a permanent deal. That's that's my suggestion. But if they if they can bite off doing a couple more years just to save this bill until the next next time, cool. I'm with it. But I'd love to see this as a per- permanent deal. Big time. All right. Well, we only have about a little bit more than two minutes left. Hannah, we want to thank you for being on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Um, just just to know that there are there are ways that they can make their voices heard on this issue. They can learn more about the issue to see how this program has been um, very significant in the lives of these warriors and families, and what being discharged would would mean and how tragic it would be um, by going on our website or, or looking um, at a couple of articles that have come out on, on the issue in the Wall Street Journal and on the Hill. Um, so if you want to learn more about it, if you want to make your voice heard, um, just go to our website at www.woundedwarriorproject.org and um, find a way that you can take action. All right. Linda? I think it's one more way to extend the awareness of the invisible injuries, and I will say it once again. Reach out to Senators Sanders and Burr's. Burr and uh, Representative Miller and Michaud, both on the uh, VA and House uh, VA committees, respectively, and right. make this known. Put it out on social media. Let's let's be trending if we can do that in the next couple of days because we don't have much time. All right, <laughs> Charles. I'm just saying thanks. Thanks again uh, uh, for letting me be on the show. Just to voice my opinion as one of these TBI. You're always uh, welcome. Warriors. <laughs> and uh, just get the word out. That's the main thing because all of us, is VS, all the VSOs are working on this problem. Uh, and it is a problem because it's not a permanent fixture. When it becomes right. a permanent fixture, it'll no longer be a problem. All right. Thanks. All right. And Bill? Well, I'd just like to thank uh, Hannah again for being with us uh, for her service in, in such an important role that, uh, she's looking after as being an analyst as far as the health needs of our men and women who serve this great country. All right, all right. Today's show has been brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Remember that if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And yes, you can hear all archived shows right on your phone. The American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Charles, Bill, and our guest Hannah, signing off and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network powered by Voice America on a variety channel. Have a terrific week. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. 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 Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt.
Dominicolors, and we breed red, white, 